Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbarnwell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. teaching lift up your lift up your head and um, we started unraveling specifically what lift up your head means we dealt with all your gates and uh, last week Sunday and then we continued on Wednesday with the idea of what does the scriptures mean to us symbolically and allegorically when it says to us lift up your heads right Oh, you gates. Gates represent largely the church. That's you and I. So the command is to lift up your head so that the king can come. The king, the king can come in. And we perceive prophetically that God is coming in um, in a significant way. And he wants to come in in a far more empowering fashion. But it, it, it is contingent upon our mindset. And so your, your mind is in your head. So you lift up your head, lift up your mentality, etc., etc. We said um, it involves lifting up all the senses, the mind and all the senses. Let's go on. It's the time. Firstly, it indicates the will and the ability to speak against inaccuracy. So you develop an intolerance for anything in your life um, that is contrary to the will of the Lord. And so you don't tolerate um, anything that is unbiblical or out, in, out of sync with God's will and God's, and God's purposes. We also said it means to be filled with hope and confidence concerning God's deliverance in the day of trouble let's go on yes next one remember we dealt with this in quite detail and i rehearsed this in the week the lord gave some further enlightenment about the valley of Achor. god says i will turn the valley of Achor into a door of hope Achor is pain trouble uh, tribulation etc Achan was killed in the valley of Achor. Achan means exactly the same as a core. Was, Achan was judged because he disobeyed Joshua's command. Remember? He and his family were stoned to death. So part of what the valley of Achor means is God's just dealings with the, um, the sin or the error or the waywardness or the failure of men. So God resolves the matter. Once Achan was dealt with in the valley of Achor, the will of God for Israel as a nation could, could go on. So Achan in Achor means to us the removal of that impediment, the removal of that hindering factor that will cancel subsequent victories. There are certain things that you cannot go into the next battle with, certain acts of disobedience, certain ways of thinking, certain mentalities 
that might restrict or limit potential victory. Right? Recall, they dealt with Jericho powerfully. The next city was smaller by comparison to Jericho. It was the, the city of I, capital A, small I. The men say to Joshua, don't send the whole army. We've just dealt with Jericho. Send a few of us because these men of I are easy. We'll, we'll take them. This is a Sunday school picnic compared to what we've just done. But what does the Bible say? The men of I defeat the children of Israel. And Joshua pleads to the Lord. He, he prays with his face down on the ground. And he asks God, but why did you give us such powerful victory over a formidable enemy, a lesser enemy, routes us. God's response to Joshua is, Israel has sinned. Who sinned? Israel sinned. But who really sinned? Achan. One man's sin was attributed to the whole nation. So Achan, when they attacked Jericho, God said to them, don't take the the accursed or devoted things. Achan took a wedge of, I think it's a wedge of gold, some silver and a Babylonian garment, and he hid them in his tent under the ground. And Joshua routes out tribe, clan, family, household, comes to Achan, and he says, you are the one. Right? He's taken to the valley of Achor, and they are stoned to death. So Achor means for us, God's dealing with that impediment, that factor that can hinder your potential of future victory. Right? And he says, I will turn the valley of, of Achor into a door of? hope. And I really want to encourage you. Please, you must hear me in the spirit. God is dealing with things, factors, mentalities that will potentially hinder our corporate advance. One man's sin was attributed to the whole nation. It's amazing that when you're in a corporate community, one, one person's dis- or non-compliance can hinder corporate momentum. And I think in this season, please hear me carefully. God is saying also from his perspective, enough is enough. Right? I want my church to move forward and like God graciously, but efficaciously routed and pinpointed Achan, God in this season is saying, I will not allow then the non-compliance of one or two to hinder the group. I am going on. I am going further. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, tell your neighbor the door of Achor is history. Brother, the valley of Achor. <laughs> the valley of Achor is history. It's like God says, now what do you do to doors? Doors are meant to go through. The valley of Achor becomes a door, it says, a door of new hope. Right? And I, I want to encourage us, walk through the door of hope in your present valley of pain. You know too, this doesn't apply to the church corporate. You know well that even in your own life, God has been pinpointing the hindering factors. God has been isolating the mentalities, the, 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 the thought processes, maybe the behaviors. For some of you, it might be the friend. For some of you, it might be the association that represents the Aiken principle in your life that you need to remove. Right? And once that Aiken principle is removed in the valley of pain, because some of your associations are causing you a lot of trouble. Some of your associations, I'm speaking prophetically, are causing you a lot of pain. Right? I can tell a man's destiny. 
You can tell where a man is going by looking at his associations. I heard this uh, from, 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 from Chris right, recently. On Friday, Chris said, you can tell a man's destiny or his future by uh, looking at the books that he reads and looking at his friends. Right? I can tell you where you're going by what you read. I can tell you where you're going by the kinds of people that you keep company with. So I want to encourage you. Your, 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 your door, your, your valley of, a, of pain and uh, suffering and tribulation is ended. I am saying to the Lord now, Lord, please bring people into my life that will not cause me so much pain. And the Lord said to me, the valley of Acor is becoming a door of hope. Hmm? I mean, you will always have to contend with issues with people. Not so. We, we, that's what life is about. Not so. But I want to encourage you. I just sense, um, you know, God sometimes brings reprieve and relief to a certain kind of difficulty that you contend with over a long period of time. And it's almost like a period of the abstinence or the absence of that, that, that factor, right? Like you'll read in the book of Judges, and the Lord gave rest to the people of Israel for 40 years. Then another enemy rose up, right? Periods of rest. Who needs a rest period? You're saying, Lord, like, uh, who just deals with one thing, and then the moment that's resolved, something else flares up, and you another trial, another thing, and it seems unrelenting. Seems not going to stop. I sense the Lord saying, I'm going to give my people a reprieve. And this is to regroup. This is to refuel. This is to reposition yourself for the next challenge. Amen. That's a prophetic word. Please receive this. Um, you're going to know an uncanny time of peace. A, a level, an unprecedented level and, 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 and quality of the peace of God like you've not known before. For some of us are under tremendous stress and strain. God's saying, I'm going to give you peace. He's, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on, on me. Okay? And so the valley of Achor becomes a door of hope. And I like what it says here. There were a wilderness. I will give her vineyards from there. And the previous part of verse 14 says, we'll bring her into the wilderness, speak comfort to her. So in the wilderness, which is barren, dry, no productivity, nothing growing, no fruit, no success, God says, I suddenly transform that into vineyards, right? Into vineyards that have uh, great potential because vineyards mean grapes. Grape means grape juice. Grape juice means wine. God will give you something, not just for itself, something that could be used, that could be put to a vast array of potential uses. Amen. Such will be the blessing of the Lord upon our lives. Vineyards also depict revelation. Wine is a picture of revelation. And do you know some of your greatest revelations come from your moments of greatest pain? Hmm? God speaks. I put a quote on, uh, I think I shared it with the group, that uh, in the seasons, and I emailed it to you, in the seasons of your trial, don't forget your delight in God's word. David said this, it was good for me to have been afflicted that I might learn your statutes. Another point he said, if your statutes were not my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. 
Right? He said, if I did not hold on to your word in the seasons of my greatest trial, then I would certainly have, have perished. So I want to encourage you, remain consistent in your posture toward the word of God. Amen. Then we said, um, next one. It's a sign declaring one's innocence. Where God will divinely justify you without your having to fight and to prove the fact that you are innocent. God will do it sovereignly. Right? And um, I, I, I put this point in as a prophetic word for some of you. God's going to declare you innocent from false accusation. Right? So please just hold on to this word in, in your context. Then we said it's also... Uh, an image of self-assertion. Everyone say self-assertion. When you assert yourself, um, and it's an intention to war the non-acceptance of oppression. So, look at me. If I if my head's hanging down, and I'm subdued, I'm subject. Somebody oppresses me. Don't look at my ball pad chuckles. <laughs> it's getting bolder and bolder as the years go by. <laughs> okay. So, if I'm sub, subdued, suppressed, oppressed, subject to an oppressing factor or, or person or some situation, the Lord says to me now, lift my head. The lifting of the head then is like self-assertion. I refuse that level of oppression anymore. Okay? And uh, I felt that this must be the posture of many of us. We must start to lift our heads and refuse a culture or quality of life that is oppressive and that is stressful, that is none of God's making. Right? Everyone say enough is enough. No? I want to encourage you, do not be passive in this season. Passivity is acceptance. Right? But the Bible says, uh, resist the devil and he will flee. In fact, correctly phrased, James said it like this. Submit yourself therefore to God, semicolon, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You don't resist in your own strength. Your resi in fact, the strength of your resistance of any satanic attacks is rooted in your submission to the Lord. It says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will, he will flee. Submission is an act of great resistance to satanic forces. And submission requires humility. Right? Submission requires lowliness. Submission requires respect for authority. Submission requires obedience to those placed over you. Submit yourself to God and His representation. Resist the devil and He will flee from you. This is a season to be militant. It's a season to be aggressive, right? I'm not aggressive by nature. I'm quite a very nice guy if you get to know me. <laughs> okay. Very placid. I grew up almost an introvert. Growing up, you'd never get two words out of me. People that know me now and knew me way back are amazed. What happened to you? It's nothing but a work of God, right? All I'm saying is I want to encourage all of us. Adopt a more aggressive stance in terms of, you know, you will know when to do this. There are times where you don't need to resist the devil. There are times when, like when Satan gives Paul a thorn in the flesh. He's not to fight it. He must simply 
receive grace for it. No? There are other times when you know certainly this is a concerted attack and you'll know the witness in your spirit, I need to actively and purposefully oppose this. For acceptance of it means endorsement of it. Right? And so uh, uh, you will know those, those, those times and those distinctions. There's some other times like jo in, in Joseph's life, you'll be betrayed, be hated by your brothers, be um, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife that you tried to rape her. You'll be thrown into prison. And, and at times he did not actively resist like a sheep, like Jesus led to the slaughter was dumb. All he did was in every context that the Lord subjected him to. He maintained his integrity. He maintained his righteousness. And he always ministered and helped those that were with him, even in prison. In fact, his ministry to the butler in prison was his ticket out of prison. Exercising your gift and interpreting somebody else's dream when your own dreams are not being fulfilled. Well, God saw that and God led him out. So I want to encourage you, um, just don't be passive and accept. Right? There's sometimes you have to actively resist. Then, um, I'm going to go on from here. I think that's where we ended. Release from imprisonment. Let's read this together. Lifting up your head implies also that there's going to come a release from imprisonment, encasement, or any limitation. Right? Um, now please assert and tell your neighbor confidently. Lift up your head. Right? Don't let this just be principles that we are espousing and, and, and you're jotting them down. I want you to receive this word in your spirit. Say to yourself, I'm now going to refuse any kind of limitation, any kind of restriction, any kind of fencing in, any kind of, 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 of limit or delimitation that uh, is placed upon me. And you will know who... There are some people that are claustrophobic. Right? Anybody here? Right? You hate... You should be claustrophobic in the spirit. You hate being fenced or penned in. The, the fear of confined spaces, right? Uh, that must be true in the spirit, right? Because we're not called to confinement, we're called to a borderless. Remember what God said to Israel when he brought them up out of Egypt. He said, there you tended and you watered your gardens with your foot. And they were fenced in gardens. But the land that I'm leading to you is not like that land of Egypt. It's a land of hills and valleys, that are watered not by Egyptian systems of irrigation, but they are watered by the heavens, by the Lord in the heavens. So everyone do this. Everyone do this. Now, here's an interesting case. 2 Kings 25, 27 to 30. came about in the 37th year of the exile uh, that Joachim, king of Judah, in the 12th month of the 27th day of the month that evil Merodach king of Babylon in the year that he became king released Joachim king of Judah from prison now um, look at the bottom of the screen that same verse in the King James Version evil Merodach king of Babylon in the year that he began to reign 
he lifted up the head of Jehoiakim. So you equate the phrase lifting up of the head to in the New American Standard Version in verse 27, released him from prison. So one whose head is lifted up indicates one who has been released from prison. Right? Being released from a confined space. Right? And I want to encourage you that God is about to release you from your prison. How many years was Judah in exile in Babylon? 70. This was the 37th year that this happens. Right? The point is, no matter how you look at this, they were still in exile. But even, even in exile, there was a measure of freedom that this king enjoyed. Right? He was locked up as the king. And it says, watch, it says that he was released. He released him. In other words, this new king of Babylon gives this king of Judah who was locked up favor. Right? Gives him favor. He says, no, 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 you can't stay in this prison. Come out. I know you're not in Jerusalem yet. That's where your people are ultimately going to go. I'm just paraphrasing. But I will, I will give you, listen carefully, how I read this prophetically. I'm giving you an indication of your liberty. I'm pointing prophetically to what's going to ultimately happen to the whole nation in a few years' time. Right? I'm, I'm going to release you prophetically. Tell your neighbor, look for a sign. Look for a sign. Come on, tell someone again, look for a sign. Look for a sign. God has been giving me signs this week of things that he's about to do in fullness later on. And I want, I want to encourage you that God will give you indications. And you know, when, when the Lord said this to me on Friday, look for, I'll give you signs um, of a greater reality. Right? I'll give you an indication. And... Um, Somebody came to me and blessed me with a watch, this one. And um, for me, when it happened, I said, it was literally, it was literally about 15 minutes after the Lord said this to me. I'm going to give you a sign of a, a kind of release to come. And for me, you know, in my first thought, I was immediately thinking in terms of time. All the verses. I will restore to you the years, time. The years that the locust and the canker worm have, have eaten. Right? And I really want to encourage you that look out this week for a small indication of liberty, freedom, blessing, economic wealth, um, uh, the, 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 the coming into your own in terms of the will and your own personal calling in God. God's going to give you indication of a greater reality to come. So Jehovah King is... Think of this man. I just think, put yourself in his shoes. He's now in prison. An order comes, come out. What immediately happens? You see, in prison is encasement, it's limitation. Alternatives are few. Liberties are few. Now you come out and there's a whole new world awaiting you. Right? Who needs a landscape change? Who's tired of the same view? In prison you have the same view every day. Right? Not so. What was the movie we watched the other day? That prison. Uh, what's that famous Monte Cristo? The Count of Monte Cristo. Remember, recall the story, how that he was uh, framed, 
um, and, and he's, he's banished to this prison on some remote island. You must watch it. It's currently on, on, on DSTV running, but hire it if you can. I was literally gripped by the movie. We didn't plan to watch it. We just sat that one day, so we were flipping through channels just to watch a movie. This thing came up from the start, and I was really thoroughly blessed by it for this reason. This man was framed for something he didn't, uh, 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 a charge, uh, a, a crime that he did not commit. And then he spends this long period of time in this dungeon, this remote prison on some far away island. And there he befriends someone in adjacent cell. Long story. In any case, and the window in the prison was quite high up. And when the adjacent prisoner was trying to find an escape route by digging a tunnel, but he miscalculated and he dug the tunnel up in this Count of Monte Cristo's cell. So they, the two become friends and they plan their escape ultimately by digging um, uh, um, a tunnel to escape. It was too, the window was too high for him to see the sky. But now because two of them were in the prison and the, the, the friend was old and uh, for a much longer time in prison than he was. And so there's a moving part in the story where he stands, he says, please, let me stand on your shoulders. Stands on his shoulders and he peeps up just to see the sky. He says, wow, never seen this in like 30 years. Never seen it, right? Who'd like to see the sky? Who'd like to see the sky prophetically? You're saying the sameness of my life needs to change. At least I want to see a new horizon. I've seen these walls, this, these restrictions, the sameness. This, it's almost the saleness, sameness have become staleness. It's become boring. God is saying, I want to bring some adventure to your life again. Right? I want to encourage you, become exploratory again. Um, have the spirit of the explorer, because God's about to release you from your own prison, whatever it might be. Amen. And you know the story, if you read it carefully, he spoke kindly to him, and he set his throne above the throne of the kings who were with him in Babylon. Right? The so huge favor comes to this man. Um, above the kings that were with him in Babylon, Jehovah King, I like this, changed his prison clothes. Who would like a change in wardrobe? In the spirit. Clothes often prophetically speak to empowerment. Aaron was clad from head to toe with priestly garb. Right? Literally, you can only see his face. The high priest was so thoroughly attired from head, a turban right to the, the shoes, you couldn't see the flesh, just the face. In other words, um, they were anointed to function in a particular way. Clothes always speak about that. And I, I want to, um, in my notes, I wrote in brackets, a little chuckle, I wrote, um, start to dress the part. Not naturally, yes, do it naturally, but dress the part in the spirit. Start to attire yourself for a new level of function that you have not previously known. Amen? New realms of possibility. Put on the garments of praise, for example, it says. For the spirit of heaviness, right? Put on the garments of righteousness, the book of Psalms says. Paul said, clothe yourself with Christ, right? 
Put on the Christ nature. You can't rule, even if you are in Babylon, with prison clothes on. Right? Change the way you look in the spirit. Um, do something. Change, tell your neighbor, change your prison clothes. Clothes also speak of a mindset. Tra- change. You see, um, prisoners only think like a prisoner. If you want to come out of there, you need to change the way you think. So lift up your head because God is about to change uh, your landscape. And it says, and he had his meals in the king's presence regularly all the days of his life. His diet even changed. Hmm? And um, there was, I, I see this as providence, kingly royal providence until the day he died. It's not just royal providence. He's consistent every day, all the days of his life. Amen. So I want to prophesy and assert in the spirit over the realm of this house, a new realm of provision. Lift up your heads. A new realm of provision. Lift up your heads. And not just a new level, but a new consistency. Lift up your heads. It will not be intermittent. It will not be here and there, now and then. It will be all the days of your life. All the days. What Quentin shared this morning is very important. It's all the days of your life. It's all the days of your life. Amen? I really want to assert that. Remember this word. is not a teaching. I'm still prophesying. This is a prophetic impression, a prophetic word given to all of us. Tell your neighbor, you will never lack another day. You will never lack another day. This, life, this guy's life changes from that point onwards. All the other prisoners are still getting prison diet. His diet goes to royalty, to royal foods. And all the days of his life. And even though the negative about this, he's still in Babylon. He's still in, not in the place he should be. But again, I'm telling you, you might not where you should be. But even where you are, God's going to give you a sign and an indication. I'm about to bring a level of growth, prosperity, and increase to you. Um, that not only you, but that your whole company, people in your sphere, your family, are all going to experience. Amen. I don't, I don't just want blessing. I want blessing for everybody. We must all prosper together. Everybody must be well off. Not so? Everybody must be at peace. Everybody must be, everybody must be righteous. Everybody must be happy. Everybody must be filled with, with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? So prophesy to your neighbor. Say your prison days are over. Your prison days are over. Days of limitation. Days of confinement. They're all history. Right? Um, and for his allowance, a regular allowance was given to him by the king, a portion for each day, all the days of his life. Amen? God gives an allowance from the vastness of his store. And I want to encourage us. I, I, I'm affirming certain things in my heart today that are going to be our, our experience. Amen? So I want to encourage you um, to trust the Lord for these things. Let's go on. Now, this is what I really want to get to. I really sense this strongly. Lifting up the head speaks also of restoration to a former position or reinstatement. And the principle is simple here. It's Genesis 40 verse 13. God through uh, Joseph says to the butler, within three 
within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you will be, and you will put Pharaoh's cup into his hand according to your former custom when you were his cupbearer. I don't know why this cupbearer was in prison. He must have offended Pharaoh uh, because he works in Pharaoh's courts. His personal cupbearer. Remember, he's the chief cupbearer. And his responsibility was to taste anything that Pharaoh would drink before Pharaoh would drink it in the event or in case that it was poisoned. Who would like this job? <laughs> so it was safe for the king. But in any case, he, he was the chief's, the, the, the king's chief cupbearer. Um, as was Nehemiah, remember? In Babylon. Now, in, in prison he has this dream. It's fine to dream while you are in prison. Tell you never don't lose your dreams. It's fine to dream when you are in prison. I want to encourage you, what you've lost, I like the song we sang this morning. What was lost in battle, what was taken unlawful. Where the enemy planted his seed. Um, where your health is ailing and your strength is failing. God says, I will restore to you all of this. If, if it was just that, I would have liked it. I will restore to you all of this. And the songwriter says, and more. Everyone say, and more. Right? It's like a bonus, extra. God gives you, I'll not just give you back, I'll give you all of this and more. We serve an exceedingly abundant God. You know, as you know, the butler is restored to his former position within, within three days. And I just sense that some of us lost certain things because of sin. Some of us have lost because of indiscretions. Some of us have lost certain things because of a lack of wisdom. Some of us have lost certain things because of wrong decision. Some of us have lost certain things because of inaccurate associations. Whatever the case is, I'm here to tell you, God is saying to us, God is saying to you, I'm about to reinstate. I'm about to restore you back to a position that you formerly once held, even in the spirit. God is saying, get back to power. Get back to your representation. Take up the accent from whence it has fallen. Go back to the place and, 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 and revisit. Pick up your mandate. Remember like Peter, uh, after the resurrection, went fishing. And when Jesus met them, the Bible says he took off. He put back his, his mantle on for he had taken it off to fish. And God is saying, remantle yourself. Put back on the authority that you once had. I really believe this is a day of great restoration. I want to encourage you. Do something about this. Come back to office. Come back to your, the position once had. Amen. In whatever, whatever this means to all of you. But come up and take up the baton again. Amen. Now, look at this portion. In fact, let's just leave this portion. Go to the next one. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now if you break this verse up, 
in its sequential stages, it's very, very, very loaded. Right? Firstly, God is, if you look at the triangle, God is able. Everyone say God is able. God is able. Is God disable? No, God is able. Right? And I want to encourage you, don't discount what God is able to do. It says God is able. Right? We don't serve a disabled God, we serve an able God. Then it says he's able to do. Right? He's able to do. I want to encourage you, don't subject your mind to accept the status quo, the state of affairs as they exist in your experience. Some of you have even um, said to, you, to yourself, God is not, is not God, it's not possible for the Lord to come through here in this respect. This is far too gone. This need is far too big. I want to encourage you, God is able. But He's able, it says, to do. It says He's able to do what we ask. Then it says not only what we ask, He's able to do what we ask or think. You can't even think big enough for God. But think you must. And you must align your thoughts with the will of the Lord. The biggest thing is that we are not thinking correctly. God is saying, you're limiting me in terms of what I can do because of the way you are thinking. Right? Adjust your mindset, your belief system to the possibility that there is in, in God. When you do, you'll go beyond your speaking, your asking, your request, and you'll go beyond your imagination. If you can think it, God says, I'll go above it. If you can ask it, God says, I will do more. Amen? Do you believe this? <laughs> he can do more than we ask or think. And it says, He's able to do what we ask. He's able to do what we think. If you read the verses correctly, He's able to do all that we ask or think. See the word all in the verse. He's not able to do what we ask or think. It says he's able to do all that we ask or think. So every need is covered. Every request is covered. Then it says he's able to do above all that we ask or think. Not just all that you ask or think. He's able to do above all that we ask or think. Then it says he's able to do abundantly above all, that we ask or think. You put the whole verse together, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. God will overtake your expectation. Don't, you see, the word exceedingly means your level of abundance, your perspective of abundance, the abundantly, your perspective of abundance God wants to break with his exceeding measure. I want to encourage you, take the limits of God. God's about to restore you. God's about to, to, re-in, to reinstate. Amen? Tell your neighbor, exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. If you can rattle it off. <laughs> you see, give me that. I got it here. You must take this home. I'll, I'll give each of you one. I've got it on a, on a paper for you. Put it up somewhere. Remind yourself. Say, God, you are able. You're not just able. You are able, not just able, you're able to 
to do. You are able to do all I ask. You are able to do all I ask or think. You are able to do abundantly above all I ask or think. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. Ask or think you must. Here's a problem. The asking and the thinking sometimes is not aligned to what he has in store. Start to, to reach out for his possibility. Amen. Repeat after me exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. That's what God is able to. God will restore you, but God wants you to have a lifted up perception and lift up your head to his realm of possibility. Let's go on, just quickly. One loss. This is my favorite. I love Ephesians 3.20, but my favorite able verse for God definitely is uh, 2 Corinthians 9.8. It says this. Let's just read this together. Come on, you know the exercise now. This is what you must do when you meditate on the, on the word. Don't just look at the scripture. Take every word. Every word is very, very important. Amen? Let's quote this together. Say, and. Do you think every word in the verse is very important? Yeah. I just love the way the scripture starts. And. Just camp there. Sila. And. (laughs) The context of 2 Corinthians 9.8 is he who gives. Many of you have been faithful in your giving. Your first fruits, your tithes, and your offerings. Uh, You are giving person. This promise is to faithful givers. It says, after Paul spending the whole of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and the whole, the first part of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he somewhat stops in verse 8. He says, oh, by the way, and God. Everyone say, and God. Uh, Come on, let's, let's read this together. Let's start from the top. One, two, three. And. And God, and God is able, and God is able to make, and God is able to make all grace abound, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always... And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you might have an abundance. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every. Good work. Amen. Receive that into your spirit. An abundance, a level of provision for every single good work. Let's go on to the next one. I think there's another slide. No, it ends there. Stand with me. I think it's a good place to stop. Much else to say, but I think, it's, I think the Lord has spoken sufficiently enough to our spirits. 
I want to encourage you to memorize these two verses of Scripture. Ephesians 3.20, 2 Corinthians 9.8. Amen. God is able. You know the word all occurs five times in that one verse of Scripture. Right? Every need, every area of your life will be covered. I want you to be faithful to the Lord in your giving. Be faithful to the Lord in your righteousness, in your obedience, in your representation of Him in your workplace, in your character, in your disposition. Because God's about to lift our heads. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord, strong, mighty in battle. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands to Him. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. God is able. God is able. Say it again. He's not disabled. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. All it requires is for you to bring your asking and your thinking in alignment with His will. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you in all things times in all places having all things all sufficiency will abound unto all or to every good work god is able i will reinstate you i will restore you i will reposition you i will take you out of prison declares the lord change your prison clothes changing your diet says the lord new possibilities your your landscapes about to change you're going to see a new horizon um, I will lift up your head, assert yourself, be non-accepting of oppression, be non-accepting of conditions that you're currently facing. Lift up your head, my son, the Lord says, for I'm about to come in. The King of glory wants to, to come in. He's our father. He loves us deeply as his sons. So, Father, we just thank you for this. Father, we choose to meditate and to focus upon the provision and the ability that comes from you. I declare and release, Father, in the name of Jesus, an awareness, an understanding, a mindset to each of us concerning the might of our God. Like Moses, we will declare who is God among the gods, who is like unto him among the gods, glorious in holiness, doing wonders we thank you lord we we anticipate we expect we are filled with hope concerning the future father we are we will refuse to be defeatists in our mindset pessimistic in our mindset we have a hope in god your plans are to give us a hope and a future and you will restore your word says the fortunes due to us we bless you father for your word Father, we leave this place with our minds saturated in the capacity and the ability that you have for us. Do your super abundant work. Do what you are able to do. You are more than able. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen.